getting it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, hello. I have, uh, for my day job, I clocked out today at 2 o'clock, and I cannot tell you how excited I am. And I was out doing all kinds of errands, Christmas shopping. I can't say for who because they're probably listening. And uh, so thrilled. I'm in a good mood. I hope that you are in a good mood. Uh, as you know, the other day, or maybe you don't know, because I don't expect you to listen to every single thing that I say every single day, uh, I've been feeling a little Christmas time ennui, meaning uh, I don't, I just wasn't feeling it, and I can't tell you why. It's just an indescribable malaise, I guess. And uh, d- joining me in studio, another reason I'm in a good mood is uh, one of the wonderful co-hosts of The Palatini here every Sunday morning on WCPT at 8 a.m. And uh, Dan Schaefer joins Hello. us. Thanks I'm for gonna, having me. I'm excited to have you. Let me close this door. Sure. Just real quick. Uh, you Tell us, well, what have you been up to today? What kind of holiday shopping are you doing? Oh, I, I was actually just chatting about that. Uh, I am way behind on holiday shopping. That is for sure. Uh, <laughs> I started wrapping the very few gifts that I bought. Uh, I did get all of the grocery shopping done for Christmas Day because oh. we're hosting, or I'm hosting. Jim's mm-hmm. flying, so I'm hosting, which is terrifying. Is he flying? Is he going to be back at all? Your husband is a... He's uh, a flight attendant, okay. so he'll be back uh, like late Christmas Day, so it's okay. on me, so I apologize in advance to anybody who's going to be at my house eating because I'm not the cook in the relationship. That's not a thing. What kind of food have you, can we eat? Can I ask what? Uh... Absolutely. So I, I got a ham. Mm-hmm. Actually, my one friend Andrew got a ham at Mariano's for like five bucks, which is a steal. Um, and I'm doing mashed potatoes. And then we're Wait a minute. Ta- you're, you're saying that you can buy a holiday meal for not $1,000? Like oh, a, a turkey is right not wingers. $90. A ham is not $1,000. Exactly. Gas yeah. is not $7 a gallon. <laughs> Just check the AAA. Gas yeah. is not a, you know seven dollars a gallon. Um, and My then apologies. We're so Italian. ham and potatoes. Go ahead. Yeah, so we're Italian, and so I'm going to make uh, calamari also, like stuffed and fried calamari and stuff. So nice. And then I, everybody else is on their own to bring sides and sure. everything else. So yeah, what and, are you doing? Uh, outstanding. Uh, speaking of Mariano's, we do so. Usually, we basically replicate uh, the Thanksgiving meal with the, all this you know stuffing okay. and mashed and sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes. Um, and usually, we flip it for thanks for Christmas. We do a ham. Mm-hmm. But I made the most ridiculously tasty broth, a bone broth, from my turkey carcass for Thanksgiving, and awesome. I kind of need to do it again immediately. Okay, I threw in. So after we were done, I put all, I put the bones and with some skin and all yeah. that, some a little bit of meat that you can't quite get off. Okay, and uh, with some celery, onions, like like just rough. You that know, sounds like, amazing. And uh, radishes, garlic, a little salt and pepper. Oh, it radishes. was the best I've never broth heard of I've ever. Yeah. Okay. And then when I and I drink it like tea, and it did make me like. You know, the collagen's supposed to be good for you, the vitamins in there. And I put a little bit, when I drink it, I put a little lemon juice and a little salt. Okay. And, uh, yeah, good to go. I was wow. having one in the morning and one at night just because people say it's a thing. And okay. it was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing that again. And yeah. we get, so I used to, my mom and I. Used to really uh, cook it up for Thanksgiving, and and less so for Christmas. Like we we did a lot of wonderful food. Um, I, at some point, my husband really enjoyed the idea of me not cooking. I guess I okay. <laughs> I have. Um, 
As you can see, my running into the studio uh-huh. as the show is beginning, I have time issues, management, I guess time management issues. Okay. So, and it, and it reflects in my cooking. Like, I, I'm not great at making sure that everything is done in, so that everything is ready at once. Yeah. Uh-huh. So something will be done, and then it makes me nuts that I'm like, oh, now I have to reheat that. I have to yeah. sort of stir right. it up and recook it so that, you know, dinner begins at nine o'clock or something. Oh, we're, that's nine, a normal PM. Normalcy in our household. It's fine. I, I we do this. Uh, you've heard me talk about my in-laws a little bit, maybe. Yeah. They they have this uh, family uh, reunion every two years where basically they rent like a compound, and I mean that like they'll rent an entire bed and breakfast or an entire like okay. really we did this in M- Michigan or several cottages all like near each other on a compound uh, or a big giant house in Maryland, and each night. One of the siblings is responsible for cooking. Okay, and I just remember, like, and I've enjoyed doing it. One time, I did a like do your own toppings pizza. Like, I, I oh, make gator yeah. bait crust, and that's clever. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. And my the sister in law that I'm about to talk about, let's call her Catherine. Okay, uh, she said, mm, "This is better than I was expecting." Like oh, that kind of crap. I love that. Oh yeah. my god! Uh-huh. Mm, don't get me started on Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really her name. Um, so I don't I, think she listens to the show, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But one year, I, I, I do a really good chili, and okay. it was kind of cooler this one week, and I just, like, it was, maybe it was rainy or something. So I made chili, and, uh, but it had gotten away from me, all the chopping, sauteing, timing out all the different elements to it, and it was about quarter to eight, and, my, and she came in and was like grabbing stuff around me. My children need to eat. Okay. And mind you, her children were like 14 to 20 years old. Okay, go to McDonald's and eat. And <laughs> my children, this yeah. is ridiculous. Right. My, and the chili was great, but I made one major mistake. I tr- I try I used uh, I had I made one vegan and one that that was also what took longer. I made a meat version. Uh, okay. And I, I mean like meat meat okay. like you know, ground chuck with bacon. Like I chopped up. That's bacon. a true chili, right? Oh there. Yeah, yeah, it was uh-huh. insane. Yeah. And uh, and but I I thought I could use the bacon grease in the cornbread, and it tasted like dish soap. It oh was, really? Yeah. Everything else was great except for that one. I made two batches of okay. cornbread. It was. See, I wouldn't, horrible. I wouldn't even have thought to do oh, yeah. that. Or, I, yeah. I, thought, okay. I thought you could. It, it, doesn't, no. it doesn't bake. Well, now you know. I think you can do it with other things. You can't. I don't think you can bake with it. Okay. Was the problem. I see. I, yeah. I, Which, that's yeah. why I'm terrified that I'm the one that's cooking on Christmas. <laughs> well, Steve also now buys uh, pre-made uh, oh, cornbread. And that's perfectly fine. That's you not know? really. Like, I really like making My grandma, scratch. like we loved the the boxed mashed potatoes like that oh, like the that flakes. was uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you know that that was mashed potato like mashed potato flakes for home alone? Yeah, I just saw a thing yeah. about that uh-huh. where they put laid out like white you yeah. know, tarps or whatever, yes, yes, yes. and then just, just cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. too funny. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. so I mean, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I'm fine with box mashed potatoes. So, I don't care. That's I mean, what I grew up on, man. I know, right? Yes. Yeah. So, do you like the? There's a brown box box and a red box are the ones that I remember, and I always like the brown box. I don't know what what brands those were, but there was like hungry. I think Hungry Jack. I'm thinking whatever my grandma. I think it was brown. My grandma brown used box. to do it. Yeah, and yeah. then when Jim joined the family, like when we first started dating, he made them from scratch, like the potatoes, and everybody liked the box one's better yes. than the... And he's like, they're, what is wrong with you people? They're creamier. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're when so I good. thought there were lumps <laughs> in mashed potatoes, I was very upset with the world. I was like, what What lies have I been told about this? This is real is mashed this potatoes. Is reality right now? What's happening? <laughs> What's happening? Can you see these screens over to my left where the tech screens uh, for me go? What? What? This is the uh, creature from... Yeah, what is that? That's from Return of the Jedi. That's the little the little pet that uh, Bob, uh, the hut has. 
Oh, Jabba the Hutt. This is where you're not going to like me anymore. You don't, you've never seen Star Wars or no. Return of the Jedi? No. Uh, Matt, I don't know. I need to get rid of these screensavers. Like, this screen has, like, a like a bunch of pictures of a gentleman that I don't know. And then this one has the creature. Like, and, and it's it's so intensely... I don't know if it's Paul. I don't. I don't know who this is, but it's on every. It's on both screens. He's got like you can see the sweat on it's his beak. Like why is there sweat on the beak? And I didn't know he had a beak. Uh, anyway, I so didn't. you've never seen Jedi? No. No Star Wars movies? No. Interesting. <laughs> I know. You're not the first. Okay. That's good. why I'm not. All right. Like, okay. Oh my god! I, can't I thought you were gonna like ask me to leave or something. I didn't. Know. I'm not gonna do that to you. No, I'm not that kind of girl. Hmm. Well, you kind of fall in between age wise. I think of when because this is like I was seven when Star Wars came out. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, I mean, I would say between kids born between 1971 and 76 are probably the like the the youngest of seeing it in real time, maybe. Okay. And even then, if you three year old remembers it, that's yeah. that's impressive. But um, so I mean, this is a third. This is in the third installment of Star okay. Wars. Right. Technically, but they go backwards. Six. Don't yeah, they? this like is actually a, yeah. technically See, I know six. Some things about it. Um, but yeah, is it? Is it is part of it that you'd heard so many people talking about it that you're like, I don't even want to deal not with my it. Thing. Like, I don't know. Like, a, I, it's, I don't know. Like, horror movies are my thing. Um, that, it's not my, I don't know. I kind of feel like I have to, people, people want you to watch it with them, don't they? Oh, All yeah. All the time. Oh, All Jim the time. would watch, like, in a heartbeat. Like, he, he's that, he's that sci-fi type. Like, he's that whole, you know, I don't want to feel like everything. we're pinning you down and, like, holding you oh, against the couch care. to watch it. I was actually going to ask you what your favorite uh, Christmas movie was. That's a really good question because I think you've been hearing that I've, t- I've been watching a lot of horror Christmas oh, yeah. movies. I just watched one last night. What'd you watch? Uh, the the original Black Christmas. Okay. Uh, and the, the remake I did because I was I couldn't sleep. With uh, what's her name? Margot Kidder. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty decent. It I is. mean, there's some issues with it, but it reminds me of the same pace as Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Right, where we're kind of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you can yeah. you're through the lens of the the killer. Right, and then there was that new one with um, the woke version of, of uh, Black Christmas. No, uh, it was with uh, the woman from uh, 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 National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, no, no, no. that's that that uh, Catherine Deneuve. Oh yes, with the family. Yeah, the family one. Violent yeah. Christmas. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I didn't hate it. I it was good. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. A huge homage to yeah. uh, to Home Alone. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. Oh my god. When, so the the I mean just the if you're into the extreme ways in which people sometimes like you ever see um uh oh what's the the guy who did the uh, zombie movies is fun. It's from from England. Um, oh my gosh! Now I'm not gonna be able to remember any of the the movies that he's done. But he does this very violent like cop action movie that's kind of like. Oh, I know who you're talking about. My husband's gonna text me in just a minute to I was tell just me. Gonna look it up actually. But, but I mean, like the absurd ways in which people are. Uh, terminated, I guess, is the uh-huh. best. Like, it yeah. just gets so much more absurd that if you're in, if you are able to laugh at that kind of stuff, yeah, uh, fuzz, hot fuzz. Oh, yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry, I knew it was going to come to me eventually. Well, see that, yeah. and that's the thing too. Is that like when I tell you I would love to watch uh, Star Wars with you? I was traveling over the summer, and uh, my friend got married, and then I hung out with her parents. I'm at that age now where I'm I'm too old to hang out with brides or people who are getting married in their 20s and 30s, uh-huh. and but too young to hang out with their parents. Okay. So I kind of hang out with both. Like I'll spend some time and get high at a ceramics thing, oh, yeah. and then drink you know old fashions with their parents at night. That sounds great. <laughs> I usually just go with the parents because I like. 
like the parents more than I like my friends. So yeah. And and uh, and I mean, like, but the kids in their twenties are just too hip for me. Mm. And uh, and and they also love karaoke, which is not my jam. Oh, I mean, I'll watch them and I take love videos. Karaoke. Oh dear, that All is right, my jam. This is again. But I, they were looking for something to watch, and they were scrolling and scrolling, and I, I haven't been through that situation in a long time, so it was making me a little anxious. Uh-huh. I was like, and they were, they were like arguing about, should we watch a comedy? Should we watch an action film? Should we watch a romance? And they came on Hot Fuzz, and I was like, that's, that's you know. Yeah. But then, now you're committed to being the person that recommended this to yeah. people you just met a day ago. Right, yeah. And it's a very violent movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, It just came to me also, the other, the zombie, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. That was the, it just really literally just, I, I was, so as soon as you're, yes, yeah, yes. So and, then, good. and then they have a, a movie about, uh, I think it's End of the World, where they're all getting back together. Oh, I don't think I saw that oh, one. Oh, that's a really good one, too. All right, yeah. okay. These are good movies that, uh, that those guys oh, have man. done. We're going to have some movie nights. I this think so. <laughs> I know. Uh, I actually just uh, put in a... Um, a massive television that I got for free uh, that someone was like moving and they were like, does anybody want these TVs? And I was like, I will take that massive television right. yes. and put it in my basement. It's like my favorite 52. price is free. Free. That's my free. <laughs> Fantastic. So I have this massive television in my basement. Awesome. And we're hooking up the old Wii. Oh, you yeah. Know, we do all the, you know, the, the bowling and... I'll bring my Sega Genesis over. I oh, have, my God. I have Mortal Kombat. If you have, Vic, and if you have a Commodore VIC-20, then... I got that. Mortal Kombat. I got uh, Sonic. I got... Oh, man. <laughs> yes. You name it. You can do that. I love it. So, but but ultimately, I was I was very relieved that they they pushed through the shock of how violent Hot Fuzz was, and were able to like start to realize it's the absurdity of it, and they were yeah, laughing right. with it. But um, th- that's what reminds me of Violent Night yeah. is kind of putting mixing these genres together, yeah, uh, and make and kind of interestingly making Santa this Viking warrior who's now being cursed with having to who also has no idea what to do. Yes, <laughs> like he's like, oh crap, he's, all right. Yeah, so good. I, I, honestly, Lady B, I think you might like. I don't after the holidays, after Christmas, Violent Night. It's with uh, the guy who plays Hopper on Stranger Things. You can join us on the air, Lady B. We got oh, your yeah, microphone. Absolutely. Lady B is back in the house. How you doing, Lady B? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Are you? So you've been in the mood. You've been making cookies from scratch. And what? What? So, uh, so Dan was just asking me what my favorite holiday movie is, and I haven't necessarily gotten back around to that question. What's your favorite holiday movie? Um. The one we was talking about, Dan. Uh, 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 oh, the uh, hold on. <laughs> I always forget the name, but I love the movie. Nothing, was, nothing like the holidays. Nothing like the what holidays. The one that was filmed here in, in Humble Filmed Park. in Chicago. It, it's about a Puerto oh, Rican family. Yeah, it's a really just, good. Yeah, it's a really. I've watched it. I was telling Lady B. I watched it probably three times I so far love this that. year. It's holiday movie, and it drips with Chicago. Oh too. Yeah. yeah, I love Chicago-based yeah. movies. Oh, I and agree. I, I, I cry a little bit every time I watch it, and you know, but it's it's a good movie. It's a really good one. There's um, there's a. Do you I don't know if you ever watched a uh, uh, New Girl? The no. series. There's an actor from that, Jake uh, Jake Johnson, okay, who plays Nick on New Girl. Mm-hmm. He has a movie based in Chicago about a gambler, and it's such a great independent film oh, that okay. I highly okay. recommend. Yes. All right. What's the name of it? Uh, that's a really good question. I want to feel like I, be- I feel like it's bet it all. I've mentioned it before, but it's on. Last I saw, it was on Netflix. That's where we had watched it. Um, so let me see. Uh, it's a show? No, it's a, it's just a movie. It's a little independent ah. film, and he it, he wrote it, he directed it, and stars in it. And he also has a movie coming out soon uh, that's with uh, Anna Kendrick. That's supposed to be very good as well. Okay. Yes. As a gay man, I have a very big crush on Anna Kendrick. Hey. So, but here she's not a very nice person. But mm. but I still have a very big crush on her. Yeah, I, there there are 
uh, actor comedians that I've worked with that I that leave a really bad take. Uh-huh. Just were really not kind people. Yeah, right. And it's funny. One of them uh, su- surprised me by being very kind when I saw him again. Almost like in a tone that was like, I know I was a jerk last time we saw it. Bobby Slayton. Bobby mm. Slayton, who does the sketcher. If you're the guy is like talking like this in the sketcher commercial, <laughs> that's uh, that's Bobby Slayton. <laughs> okay. And I worked with him years and years ago. And uh, somebody said, uh, "How do you like working with Patty?" He goes, "I don't know. She's funny, but she's got nice games." <laughs> but- that's a compliment. I, I guess I don't. I mean, take it for He's what fine. it is. I yeah. guess I don't know. <laughs> um, but there, I won't tell you the ones that have not redeemed themselves. Maybe oh. off the air, I'll tell you about that. But I, I think the movie is bad at all. Um, but I get, I get the hearing that somebody is not a nice person, and it's, it makes sometimes it makes it harder to watch them all. And I also, yeah. I also, unless I have had that bad experience, or there's just a ca- like an avalanche of information that they're a terrible person, yeah. um, like Corgan. Like, have you heard about uh, no. what's his name that hosted that show? The, I never ever watched it. Steve Corn? No. Corgan. Cor- what's the guy on, on uh, CBS that was hosting the late night show that always did all the uh, musical numbers Corgan. and stuff like that and has a singing car karaoke? Tons of bad stories about that oh, guy. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, from restaurants, from people who've been on the show, like Ellen, right? Ellen, you oh, don't really hear yeah. anything. And then finally, like, there's just this. James Corgan. James Corgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I've heard he's. Yeah, and Ellen doesn't have a good rap, uh, like a good reputation of that. And, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this on the air after my horrible ghost pepper experience. Um, you know, I got violently. Which I'm sorry Ill. about that. Oh, but that was that I, was not okay. That was <laughs> that was. I still can't eat. Like I like I have a whole compartment of hot sauces in the. And I had breakfast this morning. Usually I have hot sauce. I yeah. still can't even imagine can't do it, no. putting hot sauce on anything right now. <sighs> it like, broke me. Um, but. I stopped watching Ellen years ago because she had Sandra Bullock on, who I have a girl crush on. Love, I love Sandra Bullock. Oh, oh man. Love Sandra yeah. Bullock. And so she she kind of was digging digs at her about a, uh, a venue that Sandra Bullock had gotten for, like, I don't know if it was a wedding or something. And Ellen was giving her a hard time about, like, I wanted that venue. And it was kind of weird, kind of behind inside yeah. Hollywood stuff, which she always does with right. her guests. Yeah. And then she go, and then later she goes, I, I've read that you will try anything. Right, at least once. So she makes her on television. She's like, I want to see if that's true. Has her eat a ghost pepper on live television, and you can see. And now having eaten a ghost pepper, like this was cruelty. Oh, that man. was the last time I ever watched Ellen. And this is it was when she yeah. right when she married Portia. Okay, and I was like, I, I can't. This yeah, is, this is I don't. No, you don't come at Sandra Bullock like you that. You do not come for Sandy. <laughs> no, not like you do that. not. I'm no. sorry. You leave Sandy alone with all your little reindeer games. <laughs> right. It's not okay. Um, hold on, so let me see what some of our what did oh George Bliss. Went Wants to know what I bought for him. Uh, George, I'll, I'll see what I got in my goodie bag for mm. you. Good to hear from you, George. Appreciate it. And the, oh, just question marks from the 847. Yeah. I, I don't know what your question is. Jim says uh, that he's watching us from 32,000 feet. He's flying. Hey, Jim, where's he going? He's flying here from Vegas. Oh. He works the, the Northwestern uh Bowl, but like football, whatever they okay. do a Rose Bowl or I don't know. So the team sports. is on his flight. Yeah, so they so they fly the team to wherever the Rose Bowl, and so now the the crew is flying back. Okay, and so he's on his, way. and then I guess he has to go back and get them. I I don't know how sports works, but it's yeah. Okay. yeah. What uh, what command are we allowed to say? What airline he flies with? Oh, United. Yeah. Yes, that's, yeah. my, that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it just, I mean, it's the I've largest never, airline in the world. So and, yeah. and the hub is in Chicago. Yeah. Which, when you have a, a plane with a boo boo, they can just they will. And I've been on these where they just roll out another one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, yeah. We had one where there was a crack in the windshield of the cockpit. 
Oh. And they're like, uh, we prefer not to fly this plane today. Uh, so we're going to yeah. go, yeah, we're yeah. going to go ahead and, uh, I was once on the tarmac for a flight to Grand Rapids, which is only two and a half hours. The only reason to drive. The only reason I did that was because the next day I had to be Sorry, did you say in Trump or Stockton, Biden? California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why I was flying seven and a half hours on the tarmac oh. for a place. Did, Are you, you hearing say, another show? I'm hearing another show. Co- Are we hearing that on the air? I don't know where to where I can roll that down. Okay. okay. <laughs> She's going to look at it like, am I, I crazy? Like, I was like, am I hearing voices? What's happening? <laughs> it's not like David Pakman. Um, <laughs> Actually oh, did. Let's, let's take a break and we'll, can, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about travel. Maybe Jim wants to share with us how uh, the holiday season is going for him so far. You can join us anytime throughout the show, 773-763-9278. Want to uh, shout out to Matt Cummings, uh, our operations manager, who is also wearing a festive sweater for the holidays. And uh, I just I, I, I bought these at the thrift store last year, so I was like, I should probably oh, there put you these, go. Pull these out. More in a moment on WCPTA 20 Heartland Signal. We're hanging out with Dan Schaefer, who, along with Megan Kelly, hosts the Palatini every Sunday morning here at 8 a.m. also want to thank our sponsors, Manaqua Brewing Company. Go to ManaquaBrewingCompany.com. I actually should pull out a can of some brew and see what uh, day. I have a couple things you can try oh, if you like beer. And uh, I don't think I have any hard seltzers, but I'll check if you okay. like those. I also have Woke Coffee. All these things are available. I also brought you a bottle of bourbon so, oh for Christmas. Oh, my God. Well, d- Matt will tell you that I have to wait until 7 o'clock. Well, obviously, yeah. It's, it's, it's a Christmas gift. It's not it's for a, now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we'll have one before we go together. Uh, also, so thank you to Monaco Brewing Company for your continued support. It's such a pleasure to work with Kirk Bankstead. Uh, here's the thing. If you're friends with Kirk Bankstead, you are in good shape. If you're not, look out. Uh, if you get on his naughty list, he will not stop, and that's why we get along so <laughs> So go to MonacoBrewingCompany.com and find out how you can pick up some shirts or baseball hats or, or some of the great brew wines, hard seltzer, non-alcoholic coffee. You've got, there's something for everybody at MonacoBrewingCompany.com. Thank you to Warren Price at European U.S. Collision Center over at ninety uh, over at 4080 North Broadway right by uh, Irving Park Road. He is your car guy because he's my car guy, and I vouch for him. Seriously, I you need a good car guy. It's my guy. Yeah. And thank you to Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and support their mission to help children live happy, healthy lives. More in a moment on WCPT. Stephanie Miller. Now we have a speaker god warrior handmaid's tale. This gets weirder and weirder, the Mike Johnson story. Doesn't it? He's just a weird, bizarre, beat up lunch money victim that you know is just <laughs> trying to get his revenge. You can see that. You can read it on these guys. A little twerp that just got punked in middle school and elementary school, and now he's got power. You can just see it. It jumps all off him. Stephanie Miller, weekday mornings, 8 to 11, on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Oh, man. Dan Schaefer just saw me go all diva in the studio. 
I said, I, I want these. I want these images. I just, apparently, it's the weekend host. It's, oh. I, unless until you're here five. And not, I'm sorry, Dan. You can put up some. Say, as I'm long here as it's one pretty, day. if it's pretty stuff. But unless you're here five days, if you're putting in ten hours of talking, of then I, I, I think I get to say, please, You've, let's yeah. let's not. I don't know why I'm in this mood. It's been like this for months. Yeah, I wanted to say you you had a really really good rant yesterday <laughs> at the start of your show. Did I? I it was know. really really good. Like because okay. you called out everybody's. You know. <laughs> what about like <laughs> how Donald Trump fumbled a pandemic and half I a million mean, people died right uh, and how Ron or not uh, I get the two terrible governors confused Greg Abbott like uh, chartered a private plane to get you know close to 100 folks uh, migrants to yeah. um and and I was watching Fox News this morning cuz that's what I do um cuz I love watching Fox that's News cuz I love torturing myself um but there was this woman that um uh, they're calling it the the Biden border crisis because every time there's a Democrat, it's a border crisis. Yes. Even though Republicans refuse to actually fund anything other than a wall, right? Yeah, when the caravan disappeared for four years under Trump, there's, there's, there was no caravan. Right? Yeah, no, there was nothing. Yeah, and there were also there was also no wall <laughs> under Trump either. <laughs> but um, it was uh, this woman. I forget her name. Oh. Um, I wrote it down, but I don't remember. Oh, Ashley St. Clair. She did like a Facebook Live or like a FaceTime Live at the Phoenix airport at Delta Airlines, to speaking about airlines, about how there's a line of migrants waiting to get onto a plane and they all get premium seating. And they were using things like arrest warrants as their ID to get through security and onto the plane. I was wondering about that. Yes. Right. So I was going to research that, but then it, this was Fox News. So then they eventually brought her back on as a as a host and she's a contributor to um, Babylon B. Yeah, which is a satire site. Exactly. And it makes the onion look re- yes. like like a normal yeah. news site. And so as soon as I like googled that and I saw some of the How headlines, they- I was like I'm not fact-checking any of this. No. But the fact that like Fox News had this on and it was it wasn't even a, it wasn't even satirical. It was, it was literally news right. that, that we were trying to push. And, and I have to go break, but Dan. Uh, so I've mentioned that perhaps there's somebody that I'm related to who's married to Catherine, and not her name, but Mark <laughs> yeah. Paoletta is his, uh, who put Clarence Thomas on the bench, who also did all the uh, mock committee hearings with Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, yeah. and Amy Coney Island, and uh, they he when when uh, the Colbert Report was on. Comedy Central, he thought it was all, he thought it was a legit thing. He didn't know it was a bit. So remember, they hired Stephen Colbert to do the AP. Remember, he, they hired him to be the comedian at the AP dinner? Yeah. Thinking he was one of theirs. Uh-huh. And then when he goes, they were, they were absolutely appalled at him making fun of it because they thought he was one of theirs. <laughs> I love like, it. They were like, see, conservatives can be funny. <laughs> yeah, right. No, see, it was a Bill O'Reilly bit. What, remember, he, would, he did the exact same thing, the eagle flying. Oh. Yeah. Go, or it, Bill O'Reilly. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it live. It, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got uh we've got some really uh, wonderful guests that we want to uh, share some information about what they're what they are doing um for the holidays uh let me pull up the information so you guys can visit the website uh as we're having the conversation we want to encourage you to go to Dion's Dreams. Hold on a second. Let me get the website up. Dion's Chicago Dream. That's Dion's Chicago Dream.com. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, food security, which yeah. we talked about with him in August. So let's take a break here and continue our conversation with Dan Schaefer, who, along with Megan Kelly, hosts The Palatini every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. And we'll continue when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. 
You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. Studio with uh, Dan Schaefer, the uh, the the co-host of the Palatini, along with Megan Kelly, here Sunday mornings at eight o'clock. Lady B, I just sent you uh, information for Dion, who's our next guest from Dion's Chicago Dream. We're going to talk about food deserts and what we can do to help folks who really need uh, some help, not just at this time of the year, but throughout the year. Uh, that song you heard, uh, "Vote Gosh Darn It," uh, I don't, I think that I have two ver. Oh, I have that was the GD version with the bleeping. Uh, that's Steve Goody. That's how passionate he feels about. Uh, our need to stay engaged, involved, and uh, the whole idea of third – I wish. I wish we could have other parties. Yeah. I wish we had more choices uh, until but that time. You can't start like right before an election year though. Like We, we, can, start, we can start now, but it needs it, yeah. it's going to take years Where for it Cornell to actually – Where was Cornel West telling us he wanted to be the leader of our country right. last year? And also Jill Stein and, just needs to go away. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye, yeah. lady. But no, but it, I, I love – a non-two-party system, but mm-hmm. it, it, you can't start it right now. That's yeah. not a thing. Yeah, unless you're this, unless you're doing the heavy lifting. These no-name folks, all like the that's time. not a thing right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, we were to talk to uh, uh, Dion with Dion's Chicago Dream. Uh, they. they they deliver uh, quality uh, food, and uh, they want to help stabilize communities and make sure that they have everything they need. Health equity through logistics for Chicago's communities, um, and this is something that you, you know we've talked about many times on the show about food deserts, uh, not having access because there's so many you know grocery stores under Rahm Emanuel. Uh, there was a Whole Foods that opened in a community that otherwise was underserved, and. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, you know it wasn't. It, it just there wasn't enough support to keep a lot, and, and those businesses um, don't seem to want to stay invested in neighborhoods right. that need it the most. And joining us now is Dion from Dion Chicago Dream. Hey, Dion, how are you doing today? You're on with me and Dan. Oh, Schaefer. wonderful, Patty. How are you doing? We're doing very well. This must be a very busy time of the year. But as I mentioned off the air, as much as we all you know scramble and, and volunteer and donate at Christmas time, this is something that we need to maintain our energy on year long, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. I think when we think about food uh, insecurity, it's important to understand that you know the holidays does not change the immediacy that's needed to to be around it. So you're absolutely right. And what can we do to help you now and throughout the year? 
I mean, of course, you know, I tell people all the time, it's always about support and awareness. And so, you know, when we're talking about support, understanding that, you know, a lot of those dollars that we spend at the gas station, a lot of those dollars we spend on a lot of different things, um, those could go towards the organizations that are really fighting food insecurity and buying that food that we need to stabilize that food security. So for us, it's just, you know, going to www.dionchicagodream.com, D-I-O-N-S, chicagodream.com and becoming a monthly donor at any uh, level that someone could donate because all of that matters, you know what I mean? For someone uh, that can donate $5 or 10 or 100 or 50 or whatever, it allows us to continue to build that groundswell because at Dion Chicago Dream, every $1,000 uh, equates to a household coming off of our wait list and being able to get a year's worth of Dream deliveries directly to their door. And what we mean by that is 10 pounds, a 10-pound box weekly of brand new fruits and vegetables that we buy and is delivered by staff members that we pay. Unbelievable. And I know that uh, the logistics of this is, is a big part of it. It's, you know, being uh, precise with carrying out this plan. And, you know, who's, you know, who else is very precise with their plan is Santa Claus. Sometimes Santa Absolutely. can't get to every single neighborhood and you are helping Santa out this year. Correct. How can we help you help Santa this year and bring some magic to some kids? Absolutely. I mean, listen, uh, right now, I know, for example, our wait list is at um, a thousand households and every everything we bring in is going dire- directly to them. But also, um, you know, the small things that, you know, the Patty Vasquez show does well, things like, you know, liking and sharing our, our uh, messages and our posts on uh, different social media platforms. Those little things where we can share with everyone different ways to fight this need. That's what it's about, because we know right now it's the most expensive uh, it's ever been to live right now. And everyone does not have. Have uh, tangible dollars to give, but just sharing, you know, our stuff on social media, telling people about Dion Chicago Dream and what we're able to do and the jobs we've created, and then also just making sure that we all, you know, educate ourselves on what uh, food insecurity is and how we can fight it in our own neighborhoods. And so, you know, I, I, I'm going to go off on a limb here and just say that, you know, you guys are already doing it, uh, and I thank you for it just by just through this conversation right now. I appreciate that. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, so, Dan, just a quick question. So, uh, we were just chatting uh, during the break, um, Patty and I, about how like different parts of the city are considered food deserts. Um, I was just looking at your website. You guys have distributed eight hundred ninety-seven thousand, almost five hundred pounds of produce. Who do you partner with to do that? Oh, oh, well, when it comes to our delivery and our produce, uh, I mean, we buy our food from a wholesale grocer and Jap produce. And so when we talk about partnership for us, partnership for us, uh, that means that that partner uh, is exposing themselves to, you know, either investment and or risk like we are. But what we've decided to do is that, you know, with Dion Chicago Dream, we don't try to rely on a lot of exterior parties because when we talk about these neighborhoods like, you know, Inglewood, like right. Austin, like Garfield Park, a lot of times. We, we what we need is we need those retail dollars to circulate. And so with the 53,000 pounds that we're buying per month, that money is recirculating through the local economy. Those 25 jobs that we created in the neighborhoods, that, that money is circulating in our local economy. And so when we talk about partnership for us, uh, 
with our core programming, we have the team that we need, uh, and with partners, you know, like our like our partners, for example, at Blue Cross Blue Shield, you know, like our partners with the American Diabetes Association, uh, they've invested in us because they see that you know we have a very data centric way of looking at that efficiency and making sure that you know when we want to look at our impact that we're looking beyond just raw tonnage. Outstanding. And and I think that that's, the, that's what people, you know, again, they volunteer and they, you know, will show up at the holidays. This is something that needs to be sustained and supported. And I know that you also uh, provide information on your site. Uh, if you want to share your, I love that you have your phone number uh, on your Facebook page. Uh, people can just give you a call and f- figure out how they can Absolutely. get involved, right? What's the number? Absolutely. Uh, the number is uh, 312-509-4909. Give us a call and you'll go on our wait list. Give us a call and just talk to us. Or if you want to give us um, a shout-out, please give us a call. And that's the thing, Patty. The, we know that the most people are on social media. So it would re- it would really benefit us and our impact if we're on there with them. And I think that's the bigger thing is making sure that we're continuing to meet people where they are as opposed to them meeting us where we are. Absolutely. Again, we're talking to Dion from Dion's uh, House of Hope Foundation, and he's got there in the middle. Sean Childs uh, and his t- wait. Is this, are these two different things? Wait, I have two different things going on. Uh, you're kind. <laughs> sorry, it's okay. sorry, it's sorry okay. I'm combining two uh, promos. Uh, I for for Dion's uh, Chicago Dream. Uh, we, there's a there, again. This is a year long thing. And how are our, our folks? Are they making requests for things that? I mean, I would imagine. You know, we should all have the the same sort of. Uh, wishes for what we want for the mm-hmm. holiday meals uh, in, from Christmas to to New Year's, uh, from Hanukkah to uh, celebrating the New Year's. Well, anything in between. Are there certain things that, that people are looking for more than usual? Well, no, not really. I think the, the, the great thing about what we do and, and what we offer is that we offer the, that, that stable list um, of fruits and vegetables so that they can ultimately uh, have what they need to just at least be food secure and have access to those uh, to, to those things. And then from there, you know, something else that you said that I want to point out was uh, when you talked about uh, volunteering. And, you know, it's important. I'll use your show as an example. You know what I mean? I believe that your fans would love to fill in for you if you were to get sick, if you needed some help. Uh, but it's very, very important for you to have a stable way of approaching your programming. And so when we talk about food insecurity, if we just continued to have an ad hoc way and only relied on volunteers, then how how succinct, how efficient, how effective is our programming? You know what I mean? We want to make sure that the jobs we create aren't that easily replaceable by volunteers so that we can make sure that we're building careers as well. And, you know, you mentioned uh, fresh fu- fresh fruit, vegetables, uh, and, and also fresh meats. These are things that are the hardest sometimes for food pantries, for folks who do the kind of work that you do, make, to make sure that families have access to that. What's, so that is something that I think is something more of a financial support rather than people bringing things that might be, you know, <laughs> you don't want people dropping off their Brussels sprouts because they've got brown leaves, right? Right. Well, no, definitely. And, and I think with our programming, that's why our programming uh, is so revolutionary. Since we don't take food from anybody, yep. we wanted to make sure that we can we could combat that because we know that, you know, there are a lot of people out there with, with big hearts. And what we don't want to do is create a system where we tell people we want something sometimes. And then when we cut that cut that off, they feel, you know, betrayed or they feel offended when we don't take it. And so for us, we decided how can we combat this food apartheid, this 
uh, these food deserts. And that's why introducing brand new fruits and vegetables into these ecosystems, because that's what we want. We want the freshest produce possible going to those residents in need. And that's what we've been able to do to the tune of being in 44 Chicagoland neighborhoods and seven Chicagoland suburbs every single week right now. And folks, I mean, since uh, since Dion started Dion's Chicago Dream, uh, they've served over th- almost 350,000 family servings, uh, almost 900,000 pounds of produce. And that's all due to the support of people like you listening right now. And we need to keep that going. And, and this, and you talk about health equity. I don't think, you know, there are folks whose minds just shut off when they hear health equity. But we all deserve right. to have access to nutrition mm-hmm. and supports like this, don't we? No, absolutely. And and when you hear health equity, you know, that's just another way of talking about, you know, general wellness and, and, you know, some of those barriers that are there. So are there barriers to healthy, um, to healthy produce? Are there barriers to getting adequate health care? Is, are there barriers to adequate health care coverage? So things, so when we think about health equity, it's just finding ways to have equitable approaches so that when we think about a person's general wellness, we know that they had the best chance possible to live the healthiest life possible. Yeah. And I think it's also like there's there's equality, but then there's also there's equity. It's like they're two different things. But then Patty had a really good point about um, everybody around the holidays wants to help. They want to volunteer. They want to do work at soup kitchens or food pantries and stuff like that. But, you know, food scarcity is a a year long thing. And so it needs to be a perpetual effort to. in general, just help and support uh, individuals that don't have access to the, the, the quality fruits and vegetables that, that other folks do in different parts of the, the city. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, I think that it's also... I'm going to put, you know, some of the owners back on us in the in the civic and social services community. We have to make sure that we're communicating those different ways that people can help. I think that what we've seen, we've seen innovation and, and technology booms outside of philanthropy. And now when it comes to what we ask for in assistance, it can't just be the same old thing. I think we have to make sure that we're really looking at different ways to be effective and impactful and making sure that we're holding up our end of the bargain uh, as nonprofits and, and as social change organizations to communicate that to to everyone that wants to help because i don't you know i just you know for me i don't look at someone saying like hey i want to be ineffective with my assistance i think that you know a lot of times if they're not told about it it's it's on us to tell them about it Mm. and that's why these conversations are so important uh dion is there anything else you wanted to make sure that we knew about as we uh head into the break Oh, absolutely. I just want, you know, everyone listening to know uh, how effing amazing uh, the Patty Vasquez show is and how they've been nothing but supporters uh, for us. And we hope that everybody listening is staying safe, stay warm and have a wonderful uh, holiday season. Okay, you as well, Dion. Please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know how we can help. Again, remind folks the website that they can visit to help with the work you're doing. Absolutely. www.dions, com, And then we're on every social media platform at Dion's Chicago Dream. Outstanding. Thank you for the incredible work that you do. And we look forward to collaborating with you in 2024. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. 
Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, team. I appreciate you all. Merry take Christmas. care. Bye-bye. Get to it. Man, that's a lot of work he does. That's yeah. incredible. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation when we come back with Dan Schaefer, who, along with Megan Kelly, not that Megan Kelly, not that and Megan also Kelly. not the Dan Schaefer, <laughs> uh, he, he, he's, he's recombobulated. To be fair, that Dan Schaefer is cooler than me. That Megan Kelly is not as cool as my <laughs> Megan fair. Kelly. So, yeah. Yes, it's, <laughs> so, yeah. Our, 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 both our Dans are extraordinary. <laughs> our Megan, also extraordinary. That's uh, the Palatini every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Alexa, play WCPT. WCPT from TuneIn. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I am so happy that Dan Schaefer is here. I'm sad that Megan Kelly couldn't make it. Uh, no, I didn't get the text. I, maybe I, I haven't seen it, but uh, her it plans last changed. Minute, yeah. Is she yeah. going to Wisconsin? Uh, yeah. Can we, can we yeah. discuss her, her traveling plans? Are you listening, Megan? You can call in. She, well, she Let us know how Wisconsin looks. No, her, uh, her sister is getting married, and so <gasps> they're doing the whole wedding dress search and stuff. So it was she getting married at Christmas Eve? Oh, weekend? no, no, no. It's it's next year, but oh, they're doing the whole say, wedding I mean, dress search holiday. and stuff. And, yeah. Then, yeah, and they asked me to be the day of coordinator because I'm kind of a... They're like, well, no, they, organizer? you just able to won't do let things fall through the cracks. I'm like, I got this. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. So that's, I, forget, well, I forgot the date. So that's, I'm already failing at my job. <laughs> hey, look, when I do stand-up comedy, like people ask me, I'm terrible. First of all, I'm terrible at promoting. <laughs> uh, but secondly, people are like, where, where are you playing? What time's the show? I'm like... Uh, I find out the day of. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I do everything I need to when I'm there, yeah. and I get there. I've never missed a show, right? Uh, but other than that, I can't give it. That's it. But you know, you're there, so yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, good deal. The other thing I was I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I was telling him that a lot of places that I perform are like, "Have you been promoting? I haven't seen you know all these things." And it's like the people that would come and see my show, and thank you for the folks that do. You also need to build your own. But you want people to come back all the time, right? You know, like I'm going to bring you maybe five to ten, twelve people. In, in, in Wisconsin or someplace else, uh, I, I can't carry that kind of weight. Of right, I'm just. I mean, if I were like a, a social, like a social media uh, superstar, yeah. Then every time I posted, people would show up. Yeah, it's just not my wheelhouse. Right, and maybe it should be. I well, just do. A, we have to do a video at the end of the show today. We're gonna start doing a video oh, at the end of every show. That's fun. And I should probably do one at the top too, which would mean I'd get here on time. Yeah. Um, you know, not. But we're gonna try, We're gonna start uh, teasing. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna start teasing. Right. We're gonna start teasing. Teasing uh, the next show, or you know, oh, cool. or maybe That's a wrap awesome. up. But you and I'll do. Yeah. Maybe we'll do our first one. It was uh, Tim Hogan and Jerry Walski. Uh, oh. we're, we were at a meeting yesterday. So okay, that was, uh, something they would like cool. me to do. So there, you should, you should come next time. All right, all right, Jim in Chicago. What's on your mind, my friend? What's going on? Hi, how are you? I got the best Christmas presents is I got my first Monopoly set. <laughs> the, the, the Colorado Supreme Court gave me the best present. The best. Christmas present I could even imagine. And the only song I could think of is John Denver's Rocky Mountain High. I keep thinking, it, go, it keeps going through my head. Colorado. You know, you know the John Denver song? Yeah. But what's interesting is the Republican radio are absolutely uh, beside themselves. Sure. Because th- this is, it looks like it's ironclad. And, the, and they, have, they name off the states that are going to pick this up. And this could save us just uh, the torment. This could save us just by throwing this nut off the ballot. I would think be absolutely spectacular. 
I think in addition to it, other other states getting involved, uh, put, you know, pressure the the challenge that it presents to the Supreme Court is, and this always is the thing, right? Is well, if we let him do it, then we down the down the road with the yeah. Democrat or whatever. And like, I hate those arguments because it's like, okay, whatever. We we tend to be the ones that do that. But the other thing is, in addition to that, plus if he gets convicted, yeah, then it's a whole new ballgame. Well, my thing is the the Republican minority leader in Colorado. Uh, they're trying to switch from a primary to a caucus now. And the, the party of law and order is like, uh, the, the question was posed because again I was watching Fox News, and the question was posed: but Doesn't the Secretary of State have to because they run the state elections verify the and the 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 Party of Law and Order is like, oh, well, we would just subvert that, or we'll try to figure out a way around that. I was sure. like, oh yeah, Party of Law and Order, like literally the state Supreme Court said this, and you're trying to figure out a way around it. Well, here, well, right. the, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. No, they're going to go through all kinds of gymnastics, obviously. Yeah. But the place you don't want to be is with Jenny Thomas and her husband at Christmas Eve. You don't want to be there. <laughs> but it, few, it's on a nice yacht. With a few drinks in you because they got, they got to be burning the midnight oil. No, yeah. let me, let me tell you something. No, no, no. Hold tape? on, Jim. Let me tell you something from personal Good. experience with the people who are in Clarence Thomas's circle. They don't care. No, they are you? filled with such self-righteousness. Yeah. I assure you, when 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 the uh, Capitol riots were happening during the insurrection, uh, Mark Paoletta, who is Ginny Thomas's attorney, his wife said, oh, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's pretty much like the BLM protests. They don't care. They have no sense of reality. They are perfectly fine. They're eating their rack of lamb with their mint sauce and drinking martinis. They I don't care, Jim. Sorry. No, no, no. But the president, uh, you saw the president of the Tarmiac when they asked him, is, is uh, the leader of the GOP an insurrectionist? He said, he's, he's not only an insurrectionist, but is the Pope a Catholic? That's yeah. about what he said. Yeah. You know, uh, because, I mean, if you don't know, if you didn't see with your own eyes, dear God in heaven, you don't see anything. But anyway, that was my Christmas present. But, but it's got these. They're just beside themselves on Republican yeah, yeah. radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're pulling out all their stops, every legal maneuver you can think of. But. Uh, what a disaster this is! But it would just be terrific. It would just be such a gift, oh, an I, irony to get rid of yeah. this guy. What if the Supreme Court can't? What if they really, this, say this is ironclad? They say this opinion is ironclad. What if they take it up and it is ironclad? I, well, they and they, and they anyway. reference in the decision they re- reference Gorsuch yeah. in a previous ruling out of Colorado. Yeah, so, so that'll be really great. Great, yeah. great, right? This could be really. This could be a nip and tucker. This could be a real nip and tucker. Anyway, you guys have a great Christmas, and take care. Merry Christmas, Jim. You as well. We are uh, about to head to the break, and I want to mention, you know, we were talking to Dion from Dion Chicago Dream. Uh, Another great organization that I want you guys to support as we head into the holiday weekend is the House of Hope Foundation. They have their fourth annual Christmas toy giveaway this Sunday, the 24th. So help Sean Childs and his team provide toys for the kids of Chicago's inner city. By donating, you can go to, if you have Cash App, you can do uh, shop. Uh, it's it's um, dollar sign H O H T M T, or you can Venmo him at Sean Childs nine. That's Sean hyphen Childs hyphen nine, or you can call Sean at three one two four eight seven six eight one five to help out in any way you can. Again, that number. 
In case you're grabbing a pen or you want, you can grab your phone and just uh, record me. Uh, it is 312-487-6815 and support uh, Sean Childs' efforts to make sure that kids have more magic. And he's just helping Santa out, you guys. You know, just kind of making sure that kids have some joy this season. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. In the studio with the co-host of the Palatini every Sunday morning from eight o'clock to nine o'clock right here on WCPT and watch their live stream. You guys get a lot of folks watching. I just want you to know, and because I go back and I watch, I don't always oh, really? get to watch live. Okay. Yes, we've so. also been at, because you're gracious enough to ask us to fill in when you can't be here. Uh, we get a lot of your guests too, which is really awesome. Um, Anytime, yeah. and also Lady B. Like she, I mean, like, like when Lady B came Lady back, B. everybody was calling. We just want to talk to Lady B. I'm like, well, okay, yes, have at it. Go as for they it. should. Lady We've B. got a we've got a brunch set up for Lady B's birthday. Every, Lady yeah. B, you get and the microphone. Lady B, you don't have to wait for me. Just so you know, don't wait for me. You can get on that mic. What's up? So I can't wait. Yeah. For, oh, it's going to Judy. It's, we got yeah. We got Judy, who uh, who's eighty three and phenomenal. A, a lot of people. Yeah. So it's, it just keeps growing. We got to figure out. Where, we'll probably just do it at my house. Yeah, brunch at your house. <laughs> yeah, I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love it. Oh, speaking of great places, we have. So I went to go. I had to go see the Gale Street's new space. Have you? Have you gone? I have like, not been, been there in Gale forever. Street? They. So you know how like at the end of the bar there was like a wall and then there's a dining room and he also has like an event space. Well, he the wall is gone between the bar and the dining area okay. and it's one long. He redid the whole thing. It's spectacular. Oh, man. Okay. There's a little performance space. We're working on something. Oh, I'm just saying. Awesome. Also WCPT related, so I'm nice. really excited. But uh, George, congratulations on really a spectacular. Well, it's just beautiful. I will be there whenever it's that event so happens. You cool. tell me where to be. Oh, I think we're going to be doing a regular yeah. event. Oh, fun. Also, Lady B, it's a good It's a good thing. If, if we were live during the five minutes during the news, uh, there would not be enough dump buttons to manage the conversation I was just having with uh, Dan Schaefer. That, yeah. uh, my husband's like, oh, God, what was she talking about? My sister? Yeah. All, actually, most of your sisters, Steve. There, there were a lot of F-bombs dropped. <laughs> Maybe. Like, it's Catherine. Catherine with a C. Yeah, she's a C-R. Yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Right. Uh, let me just uh, go to Dave in Hoffman Estates. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Hey, Dan. Um, before I get it, when you mentioned about the uh, Supreme Court, you know, the, the main one, do you think... Uh, Democrats are going to regret now that President Obama not putting uh, Merrick Garland in with that recess appointment. Well, what do you mean by that? Because I've had uh, this he, argument with people like he, he tried didn't. To. Yeah, he didn't. It was good old Mitch McConnell, the turtle, who didn't allow it to happen. Well, he was able to do it at that recess appointment. I... He could have done it, but he was. I that try to play by the rules again. Actually, you know? no, I think you're right, Dave. I think I think uh, Barack Obama was the, the... He was following tradition. The, the first black president, and he was being very conservative in his actions, I think, because of that. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of other issues that he probably could have gotten past if he really wanted to. But I think that he was putting too much faith... In the system, yeah. and Mitch McConnell is just a diabolical, you know what, and held it up. Mm-hmm. And right, right. yeah, no, so and, I agree with you. You know, and they play the long game. Yeah, you know, they 
And, you know, remember right after he got elected, right away they they huddled together like a, like a coven there and uh, saw how they were going to make him a one-termer. And I think you know? that that's, that should have been his clue is when Mitch McConnell yeah. said his first goal is to – or his only mission or goal is to make Barack Obama a one-term president. At that point, I think Obama should have just taken the gloves off and be like, all right, if it's me on one term, we're going to do all these things, which he did. And then, oh, surprise, surprise, he had a second term. <laughs> so, like, I think yeah. he could have done a lot more. Um, I also yeah. am not super impressed with Merrick Garland as attorney general. But I've, I've been seeing people uh, over the last 24 hours. I've seen people switch their their thoughts on that. And I'll have to find some of the threads, some of the lawyers that I follow who now think that that they were doing that there are elements of Jack Smith's case that show they were ahead of the January 6th committee because it seems like he's playing catch up to what they did. Yeah. But they're saying that things that are revealed in what Jack Smith has made public show that this was well before the January 6th committee and that was under Merrick Garland. That, okay. That's what I'm, I'm seeing. I, I, I'm with you. I've been frustrated. Yeah. Um, but I, also, I, I also thought that Merrick Garland was a namby-pamby selection to be on the Supreme Court. Just want to say that right I agree. now. I'm I agree. Just, but, uh, uh, he, yeah. he, he wanted to get somebody through because yeah. remember he was yes. kind of a mid a mid range guy. You know, he was yeah. a Republican, but a, a mid. But uh, in another, you know, 2020 hindsight, you know, everybody kept, he should have asked RBG to retire. Yeah, I think I feel like that's that's been. I, I feel like it was her, again, right? It could have been her choice. I feel like maybe I, I have to imagine just people approached her about t- saying it was time. Yeah, and I don't know if it was hubris. I don't know if it was like wanting to finish the job. I, I, she wanted thinking to, she had to. Well, because uh, it was Bill Clinton that that nominated her. Oh, she wanted Hillary to. She wanted the first woman president to nominate her replacement. But that's know. but that goes to the point like votes have I, I comment uh, on your show yesterday. I like words have consequences. Votes have consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Donald Trump, who won the presidency by 79,000 votes out of a couple hundred million people that voted, got to nominate three Supreme Court justices that shifts the court for the next several decades of our lives. So, like, votes have consequences. Do you think if Biden wins again, we expand the courts? We push to expand the courts? I think we can. It's happened before. It's oh, happened absolutely. Before. There's think, nothing in the Constitution that says we need nine. It, it's, it's happened been, before. I think we can go to 15. Yeah. It's, well, I, mean, I think it goes whatever. And then you, what would actually happen at a 15-person uh, Supreme Court is the number of cases would just be – it's kind of like a lottery system. And so it wouldn't be a, such a backlog also. But then it would be more of a actual, I would say, pragmatic objective um, set of justices that would be hearing these cases that are happening. Because um, right now it's a six to three. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, like six to three. You know, it's like, um, what was it? Ron well, DeSantis said. There are 12 federal circuits and there, yeah. I, I believe the nine reflects where we were previously. Yeah. If I'm, I could be wrong. It, uh, and judicial and they, law is not my, my no. cup and of should, tea. And they should push that. Clarence Thomas recused himself. Well, <laughs> good luck. Good. Yeah, yeah, well, good I know, but um, <laughs> yesterday, Patty, you were talking about with, uh, you know, when Trump with this uh, uh, talking about poisoning the blood and all of this. Stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, well, seeing that, like it's been said, you know, he was married to two immigrants, and every one of his kids except Tiffany would be poisoned blood, right? 
Don Jr., Eric, Ivana, and uh, and the Baron. You know what's funny? Also, they don't, they don't mean white people, Dave. No, they know. don't at all. Oh, That's the race baiting part. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, they don't. When they talk about the Trumps, they don't use terms like. Um, Anchor Ship, shipping them to our no. city, or these people will be are becoming exports and open borders, and it's our city today. It could be yours tomorrow. They're not uh, when they talk like that. They're not talking about white people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and of course, if you put Bill Clinton and Don Don Trump, well, well, you know. It's, <laughs> One's a good angel, the other's a bad angel, right? Yeah. You know, they're really like, hey, Bill Clinton, but Don Trump, they're canonizing him, you know? Oh, he's he's a saint. He's a, yeah. you know, he's the most, you know, the evangelicals love him. Right. They love Donald Trump. He's he's the most holy person in the world. Yeah, I, I'm surprised yeah. at this time of the year they haven't uh, done a cross with him hanging on it by now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, really? The, oh, geez. That's hey, not Patty, a good idea. with this. Yes. Um, I was watching Morning Joe the, uh, the other day here, and and they were talking about, you know, like we always mentioned on the show, that we got to get out, you know, for Biden and all of this stuff. And he's saying that, that you know, his own people ain't getting out yet, spreading the word, and that they're waiting till either after the New Year or something. Mm-hmm. And even uh, that too, way too early, Jonathan Lemire said that, Trump and that, or not Trump, excuse me, um, that uh, President Biden's got, you know, his people who ran his 2020 campaign are inside the White House. You know, the, in that, you know they're not doing it. They're not spreading the word. Or, you mean that they're, you know, working for they the, they're working for the administration rather than the political arm of running a campaign? And, and like uh, Lemire said, he said, does he realize, people realize that he better wake up because this guy Trump has a one in two chance of <laughs> winning again. You know? Well, it's it's a very real possibility that Donald Trump could be our next election or uh, president. Um, but even yesterday, uh, Tim Tim Hogan was saying about how like it's 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 too early at this point because the the attention span of the general electorate, like they're listening to, I forget his, he's much smarter than I am, but it's like they're they're not they're not going to absorb things right now right so it's 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 still early like you know we're under a year away however um i think after the new year uh the biden campaign needs to be hammering in like gas prices are down inflation is you know interest rates are going down like the, like all of the things that that are actually happening um, and I love. I hope to God people left those. I did that uh, stickers on the gas pumps. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like I did that. Yeah. And, and and if you're in Chicago and you're driving on ninety, um, like almost when you get to fifty three, there's this this company and this guy put a big banner yeah. and he's like, I miss it when gas was under four dollars. Three seventy five. Three seventy five. Yeah. It's like well, it is. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Exactly. So we just need to get a giant. That'd be that'd be graffiti, but we just need to get a giant Biden sticker and be like, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah, it's um, yeah. more expensive under Trump, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it was, exciting. and also um, I see where uh, Representative Kipowitz did get it in the House, but at see it's a committee. I I really don't see it happening by the twenty sixth. The sure. Cold War, the Cold War veterans. Yeah, resolution. Yeah. I think should, I think should really get that done. I don't know, but I tell you what, it meant the world, you know, that what you, you can see the people that, you know, there was like one sponsor, so you can see what they thought of us, <laughs> but 
She meant the world, you know, that she did that. She she actually did it. So. I don't think she'll. I don't think that she'll cease uh, putting up a fight for that. So uh, we'll we'll get, we'll check in with her and see where we are with that next year. Cool. But again, thank her again. I wrote her a letter thanking after I heard about it, and uh, so. But uh, it makes the world. So anyway, let me get off so others can talk, too. Thanks. All right. Love chatting with you, Dave. See you, Dave. Uh, All right. Take care. You guys brought up an interesting point, which is, uh, you know, the evangelicals uh, love Trump. And I've I've kind of thought about this since he won, and uh, and I'm seeing so much more of it now. You know, uh, we put a post up on Sunday about how you don't need religion for your morals. Like that, you -hmm. you should, your religion should be something that gives you a sense, you know, a sense of belonging, a sense of community, uh, you know, wanting to carry out your beliefs in a way that supports other people, not as a bat. I wonder how much harm, people think that, you know, agnostics, atheists, or people who are not Christian, uh, are harmful and a danger and, you know, pose a you know, challenge to Christians. I want how much damage have Christian like these extremists and evangelicals done to religion where people are, are pushed away from it and don't want to have a part of it, uh, mm. aren't going to church because they don't want to be uh, sermonized by somebody who tells them how to vote and how to think. Well, I mean, number one, the, the I, I would when you ask about the damage that the Christians have done. I would say the Crusades did yes. quite the bit. Yeah, but, um, but no, I, mean, I, I was I, I I was in Catholic school my entire school. You went life. to uh, you went to St. Norbert's. I did. Oh, can I yeah. say that? Sorry, I don't know how I'm supposed to say. That. I think they like me. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> my husband. I yeah. told you, my husband. Went I know there he went, yeah. uh, No, I went to uh, St. Pascal. What's what St. Pascal on Irving and Austin, mm-hmm. and then I went to Notre Dame and Niles, and then St. Norbert, and so I was. In Catholic or Christian schools, my entire and I loved it. It was great, great people, great everything. Um, I, I every year I I want to go to midnight mass because I miss like the music and everything. It's the prettiest sermon. It was the prettiest service of the year. But but they're not. Well, now the Pope just came out. How great. Was yeah, that? but it no, but there's no? there's like we we can do this. However, there are stipulations. Oh, are there stip- what are the stipulations? I didn't oh, see it can't I didn't be. It, print. it can't be in an official marriage setting. You can't be actually like so. It's just like you're cool being gay together, but you can't get married. You can't like oh. it's not you know. So it's like, but you know baby steps. I guess you can have a gay pal, but you can't be gay married. You can't. Well, you can't act in you know, it, but you can be. Friends, I guess I don't know. Yeah. So, but uh, but so I don't go, and and but I would love to, but I just don't, and it's it, and that's, so sorry. that's horrible. That's, yeah. But it's but it. You don't feel welcome. Also, think I I really don't. But but think about like all of the people that that church is missing out on in a community perspective by yeah. just being accepting, and also priests should be able to get married, and also like it's like yeah, and women like, there should yeah. be priests. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Female priests. We should be able to get married. The gays should be welcomed, and then it would be—I don't know, like Christianity. <laughs> the it, that community. sounds like such a revolutionary idea. <laughs> it's so weird. I—I <laughs> uh, I know I've told this story, uh, so bear with me if you've heard it before. Uh, I was—I uh, was baptized Mormon. We won't go into that. I was uh, confirmed Lutheran uh, because we like the potlucks and the coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I was going to, and I had a lot of friends that were in Catholic school and church, so I used to go to St. Tecla's for services with them sometimes. And so when I met Steve. Uh, uh, and we started thinking about getting married. I knew I wanted to get married at his church because they had a very strong relationship with St. Athanasius in Evanston. Oh, okay. And 
the, so we went to go meet with the priest and he asked my religion and I went with my last known religion, which was Lutheran. <laughs> and I, cause I asked Steve on the way and I'm like, what do you want me to say when he asks about my religion? He goes, tell him the truth. I was like, okay. So I, I gave him as much truth as I thought was necessary. I said, I, I was a, a confirmed Lutheran. And as we were leaving, uh, he goes, I just need to see Patty's baptismal records. And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I was baptized Mormon, at which point he went, ooh. Wrong and, answer. And a lot of hilarity ensued. And so we eventually, there's a lot more to it, but uh, we, we decided we would go with a different priest. Um, and we went with Father Tom Ventura, who had previously been the priest at St. Athanasius. So the family, who had had all of their weddings and baptisms and funerals yeah. and all their celebrations at, at St. Athanasius. Um, so Father Tom Ventura was at St. Faith, Hope, and Charity in Glencoe, and we thought, well, we'll 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 go see him, and he was fantabulous. Yeah. He was amazing. He was very kind about my background. About the, he was just really wonderful. He left the parish a year later to marry one of the widowed parishioners, and then went on to start like marrying non traditional. He, he would preside uh-huh. over, yeah, he would, yeah. He, including gay marriages and multi denominational marriage, like all. Yeah, it was my my high school teacher from Notre Dame. Uh, my history teacher, Father McGraw, which everybody called Father What a Waste because he was really attractive, my mother included, <laughs> uh, left left the clergy to marry marry a woman. Your mom <laughs> was, was like, disappointed. She was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, actually, she was, it wasn't me. She was single at the time too. Yeah, um, but like, it, it, but it's just like, just let them get married, and yeah. then they can you can still have really cool priests who are just married to be like they're. That's it. Yeah. Like, be, adopt the orthodox method and mm-hmm. let them be married and have families. Yeah. But the Catholic Church, who I always say is the the most profitable corporation in the world, who doesn't pay taxes. They want they they don't want that family dynamic. They don't want any of that because they just it's it's all money. It's That's really all money. weird. Did you see the movie Spotlight? Yeah, which oh, oh my God. such a great yes. movie, such a good one. I think they did a, a wonderful job of capturing so many elements. You know, nothing is going to be the entire picture from someone's point of view and right. the trauma of sexual violence. And, and the keepers, and did the, you see that? I haven't seen. No, I, I started watching it. It was really hard. Like the so Gemma, the documentaries are hard. Gemma yeah. Hoskins, who was the one student, That's she was right. a guest on our yes, show. And I she's, remember each other's one of your I literally, early guests. I, I call her on the phone. We just chat. She just Aww. moved to Delaware. She's like, you guys got to come and visit. She's awesome. But it's it. But that's exactly what it is. I yeah. mean, yeah. Such if you if you have I wouldn't say it's a holiday movie, folks. I would say it is definitely not. It is not. It's a. It, but it's an incredible movie. Rachel McAdams, Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. uh, an incredible cast. I'm sure I'm missing so many people, uh, including the Silver Fox from Mad Men. I can't remember his name, but he was also oh, in Sex and the City. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't uh, know. So good. Yeah. Uh, but really, an incredible movie. I mean, like that's a. I think a, a perfect example of a great script. Great. Direction, great acting, all of it. Spotlight, yeah, great one. It's a few years ago. I would definitely watch Lee Schreiber it, yeah. as the editor who comes in and uh, really, you know, turns things it, around. It, it, but and it's always it's like the Northeast. Like that's just the thing, you know. Yeah. Like Baltimore, Boston. Yeah. It's a whole, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a yeah. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back in just a moment. Uh, the phone lines are open, 773-763-9278. More conversation when we come back. We're hanging out with Dan Schaefer, co-host of The Palatini here on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Uh, you can also watch us all live streaming. Also want to say hi to our friends in Minneapolis-St. Paul listening on KTNF, 950 a.m. We'll be right back after this on the Heartland Signal. Day 20 a.m. 
Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We haven't even had a chance to talk about uh, Rudy Giuliani's. Uh, there's so much happening with him not being able to keep his mouth shut. Uh, but the, I, I think that uh, Matt Cummings did a nice job of uh, capturing audio of Trump's advice to Rudy uh, now that he owes uh, over $148 million dollars, and possibly more because he continues to yap. Hey, cuz, heard you're having money problems. No, you didn't. Listen, I got the answer. You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> but it won't, it won't do anything for him. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, not cover, no, yeah, no, not, it doesn't yeah. cover this kind of case. And also, he had, like, uh, it, I think... Uh, Again, Fox News. Uh, he had like thirty thousand dollars in like overdue phone bills or something. <laughs> of course he does. Of Pay course. your cell phone bill, yeah. Rudy. Come on, man. It is such a weird thing. Like I never liked Rudy when I was. I did stand up comedy in New York for the Marshall's Women in Comedy Festival in nineteen ninety eight. I think it was. It was late nineties when he was uh, mayor, and you know it was a very like. That was America's mayor, right? Well, before he was America's mayor, oh, okay. he became mayor. Uh, America's mayor because of 9 11. And, you know, there was this whole thing about him cleaning up. Like, he did a lot of the stop and frisk thing. That that was part of his whole thing. The the cleaning up is basically racial profiling and all of Yeah, yeah. And I I, I was in New York and I was just a young, I was a really green comic and I was really intimidated by New York audiences. And uh, uh, it's the only place I ever performed in my entire almost 30 years of doing stand up where someone literally went, boo! Like, nobody does boo. Nobody says boo. I've only heard it twice from an audience. Once for me, and once for somebody who deserved it. Right. But, yeah, well, yeah. But, okay. but I asked the audience, I'm like, I was like, are you guys, is everyone okay in New York? Yeah. And right? I was like, everyone's like, like, it was all kinds of scary, like, just seemed intense. I was like, blink twice if you need yeah, us to help right. you. They didn't get the joke, but I but, think now they probably be like, oh, well, now, I, I, now I get it. One of my favorite books, or a series of books, is called Freakonomics, and it's because I'm, I'm an economic nerd and oh, a finance man. nerd. And it's just, macro and micro. I want mac and cheese. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I understand macro more so than I do micro, but mm-hmm. um, one of the, the chapters was about the crime in New York and about how Rudy Giuliani solved it by essentially a police presence in the subway and on the streets. And I was like, no, actually, you just solved that by putting folks there that were going to just pull people away. And I was like, "That's actually wasn't that doesn't that's not solving the root cause of the problem, no, which was lack from, yeah. of economic opportunity. Yeah. So people are turning to crime, and but no, you just want more police down. And so yeah, sure, sure, muggings went down because you also increased the police presence, but also your budget went the way up. So it was a whole thing. Yeah, militarizing yeah. the police. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which I you know I 
I love I love our police officers. I don't think that they need to be militarized. I I also feel like we need more community policing. We need all you know. That's a thing. It's this. It's the the way in which we deploy the police department. Agreed. They are doing what the city and the policy asks them to do. Mm-hmm. That's you're absolutely right. Let's take a break here. We're, when we come back, we're going to talk with Beth Baffert and talk about Climate United efforts to uh, really a focused in, a effort and intention to do the best we can to uh, diminish to. to bring down uh, the direction we're headed when it comes to a climate crisis. More after this with Dan Schaefer, the co-host of The Palatini, along with Megan Kelly, Sunday mornings here at 8 a.m. on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And hi to our friends listening in Minneapolis, St. Paul on KTNF 950 a.m. More in a moment. Hey, Google, play WCPT. Streaming Chicago's progressive talk from TuneIn. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And I'm in studio with the co-host of Palatini here on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. with uh, Dan Schaefer and Megan Kelly. Dan joins me in studio. Hello. And one of our, uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, we know is... Uh, it has to be addressed in so many levels as our climate. And, you know, part of the Infl- Inflation Reduction Act is addressing this in a meaningful way. And joining us on the line is Beth Baffert on the, I believe, the board of directors with uh, Climate United. Beth, is that accurate? What's your title over there? I, I know I have it somewhere uh, with the board. No, no problem at all. Um, it's uh, CEO of Climate CEO? United. CEO? Oh, oh, the big wig. Look, look, look at out. us. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, Beth, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I hope you're having a great holiday season. Thank you so much for having me. Likewise. Absolutely. Now, I, it's, first of all, tell folks about this uh, this, this coalition of, of folks you've brought together and approaching our climate change in a multilateral way. Yeah, absolutely. So the Inflation Reduction Act, which a lot of folks have heard about, is a, the kind of landmark climate law. Um, but in it, one of the things that hasn't been uh, talked about as much is a $27 billion investment by the federal government to mobilize financing and private capital to address the climate crisis, ensure our country's economic competitiveness, promote energy independent, independence while delivering lower energy costs and quality jobs to communities most impacted by climate change. And so what we did was really put together a coalition of three national nonprofit financial institutions, Calvert Impact, Community Preservation Corporation, and Self-Help, who have all spent decades focused on supporting local and regional economic development that create long-term growth, but also a more sustainable sustainable economy, um, all for the benefit of low-income and low-wealth individuals across the country. Outstanding. And, and what brings you to this moment as the CEO of Climate United? Where, first, let me start here. Where'd you grow up, my friend? Yeah, I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland. 
Oh, fun. Excellent. So um, not too far from the, the D.C. area. Yeah, very cute little town. And what did you set out to do? What was a, what were you, you know, as a kid, like, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a fighter pilot. And here I am behind a microphone. I know, like, Dan does, he never heard that before, did you? I did not. What, what, what did you want to do when you were growing up? Was it, was it, it you know, preservationist? Did you, were you concerned about the environment as a kid? So it's interesting. I definitely was aware, um, but not nearly as aware as I think a lot of kids are growing up today. Yeah. Um, I grew up, my mom was a financial advisor, a stockbroker in the 80s and 90s. Um, and so I grew up with a real interest and passion in finance and economics and understanding um, what the markets can do to shift behavior. Mm. Um but uh, ended up leaving, actually leaving a job in finance to become a community organizer for a while early in my career, which really opened my eyes to just the, the enormous amount of inequities across the country that have been driven by our financial system, decisions that have been made um, it, with large banks and, and others, and who has access to credit and who doesn't, who has access to savings and financial education and who doesn't, and just how how that has snowballed over the years to create the wealth gaps that we have across the country. And so I really set out after, after that experience uh, to look at how we bring the public, private, and social se- sectors together to really solve big problems. And then I became a mom, and I'm now the mom of four young kids. Oh. Um, and so their future is just uh, obviously uh, of paramount and uh, and what you, what I realized is that, you know, if we wait until they grow up to do something about the climate crisis, it's going to be too late. Right? Our our 2050 goals, my kids will be in their 30s. Um, and if we haven't made significant progress on decarbonizing our economy by then, um, you know, we and they and their kids um, are screwed. And so that the combination of those two things has really led to my work and my passion for this intersection between and driving clean energy transition, but doing so in a way that is bringing economic opportunity to communities across the country. That, that's interesting. And it's, um, I love your term screwed because in many ways, shapes or form, um, it, it's, some would say that it's too little too late because we take one step forward, five steps back, depending on who's in charge of whichever country. Right. So you've got, you know, different countries that are hiring or hiring, electing uh, more conservative individuals. Um, Joe Biden has been probably one of the more progressive uh, presidents that we've had. But it is it is, a you know, uh, when we were Donald Trump was president, he pulled us out of the the Paris agreement and so it, it 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 is it's a balancing act but the balancing act is actually like our future and our livelihoods and our lives in general right like there's a reason that whenever it rains in Houston it floods or Miami is like inching its way into the ocean um, yeah. it, it's it, it's you know or like we're experiencing record heat in Phoenix you know it, it it's it's not a game, you know, it's people's lives that are at stake right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why we are so excited about this program in particular, because the program's focus is not just reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but doing so in a way that provides direct benefits to people's lives. 
And if you do that, right, if you can increase access to solar energy and reduce people's energy bills, if you can uh, make a school bus, a diesel school bus, and turn it into an electric school bus and reduce child asthma and so the kids can go to school uh, more frequently. If you can make these th- these concrete steps, this transition, but also solve other problems, kind of kitchen table challenges that people are having with health, with air quality, with energy bills, with energy security, then it becomes less about the politics and what and what you know the folks in charge are thinking, and more uh, just driven by consumer demand, driven by interest and uh, and kind of uh, on the ground community level demand, which is enabled by the policies that have been passed. But once it hits a certain tipping point, we'll we'll just start to to kind of take take off on its own. And so if that's what we're really trying to do is looking at that intersection, um, that Venn diagram between reduction of greenhouse gas, but really direct tangible benefits in people's lives so that the climate crisis becomes less about, you know, the, this this big kind of amorphous thing that's really hard to control and you feel helpless to, to about, oh, this is actually good for me. It's good for my family. It's good for our community. Um, and so we are going to make these decisions ourselves um, and do what it takes to to enable the transition. No, I was I was going to ask, uh, you know, there there are goals from the Biden administration when it comes to decarbonization and other climate achievements that they are looking at. How does this uh, coalesce with those goals when it comes to collaborating or focusing on what needs to be done with the Biden administration? Yeah, so this is a this is a, a key contributor to those overall goals. So the Biden administration is set. Uh, a lot of different climate goals um, stemming from the passage of the Paris Agreement uh, from reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 52 percent below 2005 levels by 2030, achieving a carbon pollution-free electricity sector by 2035, electrifying transportation to make sure that all new car sales are electric vehicles uh, in the next decade. And so the the administration has taken a whole-of-government government approach because uh, this this requires a, a whole economy transition. Um, and so this funding is really about ensuring that the whole country benefits from that and is able to participate in that transition um, because we haven't seen a, a economic transition like this um, for for a long time, right? So, you know, kind of post-industrial uh Revolution. This is this is every sector of our economy that needs to change, that needs to turn over, and what that does is create enormous economic opportunity, job creation, uh, local manufacturing, local um, you know local economies that are participating, and so um, they've really taken that whole of government approach. And I think what we want to do is bring the private sector along so that we can look at a whole whole economy uh, transition that leverages public dollars with private capital and really and really drives uh, and transforms communities across economic sectors 
uh, across the country. We again, we are talking to Beth Bafford. She is the CEO of Climate United. Uh, it's, it's a partnership of three nonprofits: Calvert Impact, the Community Preservation Corporation, and Self Help. And uh, for folks who, you know, I get really frustrated, Beth, when uh, you know, and I, and I look, I sort all of my recyclables. I've got my cardboards, my glass, all the plastics. You know, if it's plastic bags in a different place, and and but there are moments. Beth, when I'm like, you know, it's it, it, we can all do our individual best, but it has to be something like this from the top down. And and you also, uh, one of your mission statements, I understand, is also those who are most dis- disproportionately affected by climate change. Tell us a little about that aspect, because I had not heard of environmental justice until a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the, the basic premise is that uh, the the folks who have are, are disproportionately impacted by the the effects of climate change. So all the things that that you were mentioning, floods and, and storms and um, and other um, large environmental disruptions, uh, are are right now are the kind of last to benefit from the transition to clean energy. So if you think about who's driving electric vehicles right now, yes, um, and benefiting from um, you know driving those cars, who is putting solar on their roof. Um, who is electrifying appliances and taking gas-burning appliances out of their homes and improving their air quality. Those are all premium products right now. They're all more expensive than their, uh, their kind of fossil fuel-burning alternatives. And so, it, so the, the only people either who can pay out-of-pocket for those expenses, those upfront expenses, um, or those who can access credit, affordable credit, to borrow money in order to pay for those and then pay that money back over time as you get you accrue the savings. And so um, what we're seeing is instead of the transition really addressing and reducing the wealth gap and, and kind of opportunity gaps in our country, what we're seeing is the transition is, is widening it because those who can access those products, those electric vehicles, solar panels, are benefiting because they're lowering their their costs and their bills. They're they're improving their air quality, uh, and those who don't have access to credit or don't have access to you know thirty thousand dollars to put solar on their roof um, are not benefiting. And 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 so what this program was really built to do and what we're really focused on is making sure that that communities who are disproportionately affected are actually benefiting from the transition. Um, are accessing those things. And it's a lot of times because of access to credit, and it goes back to this issue with kind of disparities in our financial system. Um, And so this program is really trying to address those gaps so that we can bring those benefits, bring those technologies to communities across the country, uh, including rural communities, native communities, uh, communities of color, lower wealth communities, um, so that those benefits are are felt directly um, and we're not widening the, the wealth gap and the income gaps across the country, but we're, but we're narrowing them as we, as we go through this transition. That's incredible. It really is incredible work. And so what do you see, what, what's the vision as far as the ultimate impact of this program in terms of climate progress? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the vision and the hope is that if you can make this, if you, if you can show um, everyday people across the country that this the clean energy trans- transition is good for them, um, then this will become something a, a, a kind of address the collective it, act, collective action challenge that we have 
and everybody will come together and and drive this transition. Just like we 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 consumer demand is driven the you know digital transition and cell phones and computers and and all the technologies that we see have been adopted because of large scale consumer demand. And so we're really looking at how do we how do we make this investment and lay the groundwork for a much broader, much more distributed and beneficial clean energy future. And so that looks like affordable and sustainable housing that is green. Um, it looks like a more electric vehicles on the road. It looks like electric school buses. Looks like um, you know churches with solar on the roof um, to reduce their energy bills. Childcare centers, right? There is there is an enormous amount of infrastructure across our country um, that would benefit from this transition, and we're we're trying to to bring that to millions and millions of families and communities across the country. Do you have uh, places in the world that you kind of model the some of the, the things that you want to implement? Like, is there a place in the world that's doing this way better than we are? It's mostly Europe, basically. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> yeah, certainly in Europe. Um, Denmark, Denmark really is doing really the great job. Scandinavian countries. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Especially with um, electric vehicle adoption, um, there's you know, much more significant adoption. Obviously, it's smaller countries, smaller populations, right. smaller footprints. So things like charging infrastructure is you know, more of a manageable uh, challenge. But um, no, I mean, there, there are certainly places across the country that are doing this. The other interesting thing is that Australia has actually had a, uh, a financing entity like this, a national clean energy financing entity like this for, for over a decade. Um, and and it similarly had kind of initial political backlash when it was first implemented. Um, and they're now 10 years in and have done incredible work across the country to decarbonize various sectors of their economy. And they just got a fresh round of funding to continue to accelerate that work. Second so day in a row that I'm jealous of Australia. Just wait. Uh, well, also there are several animals that can kill you in Australia, but sure. Um, no, there, 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 ranked choice voting and it, implementing oh, yeah, environmental. Definitely yeah, ranked choice say, voting. Yeah. There's a, uh, NPR has a, a series of podcasts uh, called Money Matters, and they did one, I forget, I, it was a few years ago, and uh, they they uh, profiled, I think it was a person in, I think it was BlackRock Investing, and they were trying to get large corporations to start investing in um, organizations that were climate change, you know, friendly, like that, that were investing against, like, to prevent climate change. And there was a huge backlash from a bunch of their investors. But the fact that you just said that Australia has a financial security entity that that is being successful in doing that shows that maybe there's progress. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's any large scale accelerated change is going to cause disruption. It's right. going to cause fear. It's going to, you know, uh, make people uncomfortable. Um, and uh, and there and there will be, you know, people whose 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 kind of current situations change. And I think that is hard. It's um, scary, right? And I think you, you, it, it is scary. When you yes. uproot what your traditional beliefs are. But it's even scarier exactly. when there's no earth left. So there's that too. Exactly. But I think yeah. that's the reason why the administration has been focused so much on um, 
the creation of job pathways and transition. So people have traditionally worked in fossil, the fossil fuel economy, um, really looking at what are the pathways, what are the transitions, what are the ways um, that that uh, we can kind of upskill and and reskill uh, the workforce to work on the you know the the wide variety of of clean energy jobs that are out there now. Um, and and show that that's actually an improvement, improvement in their health, improvement in their paychecks, improvement in their in their quality of life. Um, and so, you know, that is hard. It's very local. It's very particular to certain people and communities, and and change is hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly worth trying, and and yeah. we're just really excited and and honored to be a, a, a part, potential part of of, of this work. I, I really think you know we, we you know the idea of the green, the new green deal uh, a few years ago that people were talking about elements that we are discussing right now. You know, the reason it was called that was because the New Deal under Franklin Roosevelt and his administration, in particular Francis Perkins, revolutionized so much of how our, our government impacts our lives. And I see things like the work that you're doing with Climate United as having that potential in that it's not just something that we kind of have to do voluntarily. It becomes commonplace that we have this kind of support, don't you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to kind of bring bring this work um, in a way that's really local, really uh, tangible and and that people can can you know, feel. Um, and, you know, I've, I've gone through ourselves our, in our in our prior house. We were able to put solar on our roof because we were qualified for it. And I we lived in Washington, D.C. and it's got a great solar market. And, you know, our our monthly uh, electricity bills went from $220 a month to $10 a month. Oh, um, oh. And, you know, I, I had four kids in daycare at the time, right? That's a significant, uh, significant cost reduction for us and an improvement in our family's budget, right? That is like, that is what's going to drive this transition. People understanding that, yes, it's good for the environment, but it's also good for my family, for, for my kids, for our budget. Um, and, and I think that's really what we're trying to, to catalyze is, is that recognition and that, and that change. Outstanding. Well, I want to thank you again. We've been talking to Beth Bafford, the CEO of Climate United, and we would love to have you back because I want to know how this is going, what the progress is, uh, you know, what we can do to continue having uh, folks understand how this will positively impact their families, their communities, and our future. So thank you so much to you and everyone that's doing this work. Thank you so much for having me and and hope you guys have a happy holiday. Yes, happy holidays, Beth. Nice meeting you, Beth. Take care. We'll, We'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break here. We'll wrap up in just a moment with Dan Schaefer uh, from the Palatini on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. We'll be back as we drive it home for the last couple minutes on WCPT 820 and the KTNF 950 a.m. Minneapolis, St. Paul. One moment. The David Pacman Show. The Republican Party has become a party. How can I say this? That appeals to the lowest common denominator, panders to ignorance and fear, and rejects facts and science. The party has alienated many of these moderate, independent, educated voters who are increasingly voting for Democrats rather than Republicans. The David Pacman Show, weekday evenings at 10 on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. 
Oops, let's just get back on the air. Yeah. I was going to play a little. You're are. listening to Driving It Home. That's uh, by the way, that's Dan Levy who does a lot of our uh, incredible graphic work here. All the voices uh, when you hear that big booming voice, you Perfect. know. Let me see if I can find. I don't know if I. Well, you know, you know who he is. Yeah, like this. This he did a great job on these. Let me see. You are listening to the Right Wing War on Education. That voice, that's Dan that's a good Levy. One. It's oh, such man. a great voice. He does a wonderful. I'm I've known him since I was at another radio station. Oh. And uh, and every day I will kick myself in the in the head for not having picked him as. I, I didn't really have any choice over producer. So Dan, uh, I don't think Dan listens to the show. But oh, at any rate, I don't. I mean, he's busy with his beautiful family and okay. the holiday season. All right, is yeah. all I'm saying. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Dan Schaefer. <gasps> Thanks for having we me. We had so much. There's always you know we'll we'll figure out. Uh, Maybe we need to have like a regular uh, day, or maybe I don't know, because you know I am. You're gonna have one Dan Schaefer and the other Dan Schaefer. Right, can't do you on Tuesdays. Not Tuesdays. That's confusing. We can do Thursdays, maybe maybe Thursdays, Fridays even. Tomorrow (laughs) I have. um, We're gonna be doing. Oh, we we can do our our tease at the end of the show. We have to do a tease for tomorrow, even though you won't be here Uh unless you want to. We're doing movies for an hour with uh, Leo Brady, a movie guy, and Mike Crowley from You'll Probably Agree Reviews. Really? So, and and they both also enjoyed my horror movie uh, selections. Maybe I. Shall pop in. Yeah, if you want to pop fun. in, you're absolutely welcome okay, to. Yeah, cool. that'd be lovely. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, so uh, and you can hang if you do that. Maybe we can hang out and uh, we'll keep that here. And uh, we have whiskey and a cookie on Friday nights. If you okay. want to hang out for a little whiskey and a cookie. Not don't, a problem. Don't tempt me with a good time. Well, I'm not Caddy. traveling tomorrow, so yeah, we can okay. do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with Lady B. Love you so much, my friend. Have we a wonderful. Love Lady B. Well, I won't see you before Christmas. <gasps> oh no, I've planned this terribly. No, are you here over the weekend? No. Mm-mm. Merry Christmas, Lady B. You can talk to us for a second. Yeah, Lady we B. love Lady B. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We love you. I didn't bring it. I usually bring something for I did. Okay. It's going to be a, a holiday, uh, yeah. New Year's. Yeah. When are you back here? Next Wednesday? Thursday? Uh, Tuesday. Next Tuesday. I will see you next. I'll see you on the 26th, my friend. Yes. Adore you. Thank you so much, Dan Schaefer, Megan yeah, Kelly. Thank you. She's back on Sunday with you on the uh, Sunday. God, I hope so. Yeah. yeah, right? Well, you know, I'm only two blocks away. <laughs> I can't I, do this on my I'm, own. I'm, I'm having to come over in my slippers. <laughs> oh, all right. Mike Creed's cool. up next with Devil's Advocates, followed by Matt McNeil. And uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, everybody. Have a good night.